0: That tea is disgusting. I think it's the viscosity. It's just not right. Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode. The days are getting shorter. It's getting darker. Safety is a factor. So, how do we stay safe? Well, I'm going to share nine ways with you that I think can increase your confidence to get running banknote sessions and help to keep you in one piece. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. It's the Running with Jake podcast. We are back for another dose of your weekly dose of running motivation. We need to keep this fairly tight today. I'm on a bit of a time scale, Peter. We have to wrap up pretty soon. Why? What a time? Have you seen the weather? Look, look through that window there. How glorious... Yes, yeah, blue. ...the sky is. Yeah. And I, my friend, need to be putting the shoes on and getting out there for a run. I, I need to make amends because the run at the weekend I had was a stinker. I'll be honest, I can't sleep. It's still on my mind. It's Tuesday as we record this week's episode and I'm still not over it. Sunday was just, it was awful. It was just awful. Why? I don't
1: get it. You've been running for long enough now. I I, don't, I mean, I'm 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 not a runner, but I have <laughs> been running for the last six months or so. Uh, I personally have never had a bad run, but it's because my runs aren't very long, so there's not a great deal that could go wrong during those. So so how does what what's the deal with that? Why 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 so bad at the weekend? Well, sometimes it
0: happens. People listening to this show that are perhaps seasoned runners have been running for many years, covered lots of mileage, done lots of training sessions, very experienced everybody has a bad run. they will know that it, it happens and it's weird because usually when we have a bad run, we we think it's because we weren't feeling uh, fit enough strong enough we we were too slow maybe the conditions weren't very good it was too windy it was too hot it was too whatever oh no 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 sunday we just got lost we just got lost <laughs> I, I literally I, I mean honestly even just thinking about it now makes me shake i, I it's I I just can't cope. Were you trail running or on the road? So we hit the off-road, right? So recently we've had a break in Cornwall. We were very, very lucky to be able to get a last-minute break away and do some running on the coastal path. Of course, when you're on a coastal path, you can't get lost, man. Even Martino, who has the worst sense of direction in the world, cannot get lost. Which way do we go? (laughs) Look, we're going to run out. You keep the sea on your left. Then we turn around. We run back. You keep the sea on the right. On the what? On the right. It's really clear. (laughs) So we come back and we're really fired up after the break in Cornwall, thinking, got to hit the trails, man. Let's just get out there, get the trail shoes on. I love it. That's my domain. That's my territory. I just love that environment. Yeah. And we've got some really nice woods here locally, right? In fact, you can see it out the window here. I can see it from where I'm sat recording this now. And we thought, let's just go in there. They're quite big, so there's some certain parts we haven't ran before. And it'll be ace. Let's just go. I I literally, I, I mean, I could hear the road. I could hear the M5 from the woods, but I could not get out Of the woods And the problem is And I feel so stupid Because we were so like I'm like Look I know where we're going Mr... Orienteering man here I've got the OS map On my phone I've got the paper version Leave it with me Martina I just could not Get my brown ass Out of the woods Because the minute You're off a trail Right If a trail isn't used Very much It kind of just Disappears Into the undergrowth And you're like I have no idea Where that gate is I can see it on the map And then we lost signal So I literally Was just completely blind And I could just hear I can hear traffic I can hear the M5 but I cannot see anything. I literally could not... You need breadcrumbs, that's what you need. Do you know? You need to Hansel and Gretel it. I'm going to Hansel and Gretel that bad boy next time. That's the way... You need to do that. No, normally, in those situations, I, I would feel pretty confident because you're with somebody else. So you think, well, it's fine. you, you got Martina there in this case. It's OK. Mm. Let me just tell you. Let me just put it clear now. I love her dearly. It's fantastic running with her when we're on the road. When we get on the off-road, if we're not on the coastal path of Cornwall... She has zero sense of direction. I mean, zero. Like, nada, nothing, nothing. Like, we'll be running down a stretch, right? And this happens, I have to say, even on the road. So we're running down a road. Do you remember this? No, no, no. What do you mean, no? Well, I've never... I've not been here before. What do you mean, not being here before? We did it last Tuesday. We do it most Tuesdays. How can you not recognise this road? She is like the Dory of the running world. It must be awesome, because every time she does a run, it's a new adventure for her. <laughs> she never repeats the same run, because she remembers none of them. It must be so exciting to be in her head. You see, obviously, you go a long way. You go quite
1: a way. You run quite a way, because you have to do that to get that hit, to tire yourself out, to feel some kind of, you know... Some kind of benefit from it, but it's because you're fit, because you've been doing it a long time. You see, I just picked up running recently, and and what I do is I just go, like, for a 45-minute run. I never get lost. I I know where I'm going. I'm absolutely tired out. After the 45 minutes, I'm done, mate. I can't walk anywhere. In order for you to get that tired, you've got to be running for hours on end because you're in a good state. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get less fit, because if you got less fit and you only had to go out for 45 minutes then that's more effective, isn't it? You could run
0: for less, but you could gain the same gains. Do you know what I mean? Actually, that is quite an interesting point. It actually does make some sense. I, I hate to admit it, but it actually does make some sense because to get the same fix, you've got to run further if you are more capable, let's say, to get that same level of tiredness and that same level of, ah, oh, I've had a good session, ah, oh, I feel good, that exhaustion, yeah. that reset button in the mind. Yeah, I'm like that with alcohol, actually. Right. It's no secret that I am a lightweight where alcohol is concerned. You are, a complete lightweight, yeah. It's true, I've always been like that, and do you know what, I'm actually really happy being a lightweight <clears> because <throat> I get the same fix and the feel-good vibes from half a shandy, as the next person does drinking eight pints. It's cheaper. It's true, I've seen that. It's better for my health. There's, I don't have the calorie consumption. I feel better. I don't want to increase my tolerance to alcohol. Well, you don't drink any
1: more beer, and I'll eat more food and become less fit so that I get knackered after 30 minutes. I
0: want to be better at this. Done deal. Still to come on Running With Jake. You look relaxed. I can't believe it. Everybody panicked buying toilet paper, and Vince (laughs) is like, no, I've got to get... somebody's got to rub my feet. I need a foot massage. But now, with something even more interesting, here's Jake. Stick around because later on the show we're going to be speaking to a fellow running coach, talking about all those wonderful benefits that running has, particularly on our mental state of mind. Uh, But right now, a subject that I think is really important to discuss, especially as we enter a second lockdown. It is looming, two days to go as we record this episode. And obviously the days are drawing in, the days are getting shorter The weather's getting worse, it's getting darker, safety is a factor. We know that gyms are going to close certainly for uh, four weeks, so if you are somebody that runs on the treadmill to stay safe, which is a very good idea in a gym, that particular luxury has been taken away from you for a short while. So how do we stay safe? Well, I'm going to share nine ways with you that I think can increase your confidence to get running banknote sessions and help to keep you in one piece. Number one is increase visibility sounds really obvious but remember it is important when you are running in the dark to see but also to be seen and there's two different things there so if you want to get yourself something like an led uh, vest that you can buy with the flashing lights. You can light yourself up like a Christmas tree. That is more to be seen, increase your visibility uh, so people can see you rather than for you to be able to light the ground as you run. But there's definitely a place for that. Now, it's certainly worth investing in a head torch. This is something that we've covered on a previous episode on one of the hashtag Ask Jakes. It is worth getting a head torch so that you can see, gives you some confidence. Uh, also, you're able to see the lumps and bumps in the road so you can stay upright. In terms in terms of head torches, there's loads out there, but if you want a few little pointers, I would suggest that you focus primarily on comfort. Because like with anything where running's concerned, it's a physical activity, it's difficult. What you want to do is make sure that you are comfortable. So you don't want a head torch that perhaps weighs too much, it's going to start jangling around the head and it's just going to distract you, it'll really irritate you. So find a comfortable one, make sure it's bright enough for you to give you an idea around 240 lumens, which is the measurement these head torches uh, are in. So around 240 lumens is, is pretty decent i think that'll be more than enough for most people and make sure you decide whether you want to get one that's rechargeable which is what i've got i like that uh, or have one where you replace the batteries one quick little point for you is just make sure if you are going to run particularly like after work or in the morning and it's dark just make sure you check that your head torch is charged up because there's nothing worse than going to run and then you feel that and then you find out the batteries are flat so number one increase visibility number two don't be a creature of habit So we're talking safety here, and I think it's really important to change the routes that you run, not only for your mind, because it gives you a bit of a break, it changes things, keeps things varied, but change the routes... Don't be predictable. Change the days and the times. There are some weird and wonderful people out there in the world. We know that in 2020. And you don't want to be a creature of habit. So if you are running and you're a creature of habit where you run on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday, just mix the routes up. Even running them in reverse so you don't pass through the same park at the same time on the same day. Number three, what you could do is invest in a panic alarm. This is something that I, uh, I bought for Martina recently. My girlfriend, I think it's a really good little investment. They cost you around £5. You can pick them up online really easily. A little key ring, but it just gives you some confidence. Hopefully you'll never have to press it. You'll never have to use it. But just knowing you've got it in your hand as you run, that panic alarm that you can press if you feel particularly unsafe, I think will give you a lot of confidence. I certainly would advise not to listening to music i would advise against listening to music which is point number four yes it can motivate you yes it keeps you going and it's a distraction and i do get all that you can get very good bone conducting headphones so you're aware of your surroundings but think about it if there are any strange people about uh, they don't necessarily know whether you're listening to uh, music on bone conducting headphones or not and are you potentially a slightly easier target if you're wearing headphones I would suggest yes. So, I certainly think it's worth avoiding the music. Just trust yourself to have the mental strength to get out there and bank the session without having the tunes pumping and save that for the weekend when hopefully you can run in the daytime. Number five is running well lit areas. Now, this may not be the most exciting thing in the world. We live in a little village called Yatton. There's not many roads around here. Uh, there's plenty of country lanes that have pitch black but we've got kind of one road where we tend to do quite a lot of our uh, tougher sessions our quality sessions our interval work you'll know that if you follow me on Strava the reason we use that road we run up and down it's purely because it's lit Uh, it's in the neighborhood so there's it's lined with houses we feel uh, more confident more comfortable and it ticks a box so I do think running in well lit areas where possible is very very important. Number six is share your location. I'll be right back. Make sure you tell people where you're going. This is not uh, a sequel to Scream. So please tell people where you're going. I mean, if you're used to the tech now, you can set up, Uh, live trackers and beacons, you know, homing beacons, so people can see in real time exactly where you are. So I do think that's very important. It's important if you run off-road. It's something I always do, uh, because obviously you can get lost in the jungle that is the off-road, but certainly in the dark, again, it just increases your safety and confidence. And talking of confidence, number seven is run with confidence. I really believe that you are less likely to run into trouble or be troubled if you are running with confidence. So if you're not a shrinking violet, even if on the inside you perhaps feel a little bit like that, uh, stand tall, run tall, shoulders back, head up. If you run with confidence, I really do believe that you are uh, less of uh, an easy target, as it were. And you know what? even myself, and I say even myself as a guy running, uh, you know, I'd like to think I'm pretty confident with the running, but sometimes I can feel a bit uncomfortable. And even through kind of like running in the daylight through the summer, if I run through a park and there's a a group of youths who might be perfectly fine, by the way, I start, if I'm with somebody else, talking loudly if I'm running with someone, you know. Um, And I think that's really important, just gives that impression that you're confident, you're self-assured, and I do think you're less likely to run into trouble. And of course, when you run with confidence, that usually means a nice upright posture. So the added bonuses is going to help your running technique. Number eight, if you can run with someone else. Now, from what I understand, Mr. Johnson, uh, old Boris has allowed us to run with one uh, other person. So it does not mean you can't sort of get involved with running clubs and things, unfortunately, for a month. But you can run with somebody else, so I would certainly suggest you do that. If you find that you've got different levels of ability, because that is difficult, if you're running with someone and there's a bit of a mismatch there, uh, try to align your training sessions up. So, for example, if you're running with somebody that is slower than you. Maybe you can use a run uh, or they can use the run as one of their faster sessions, their more challenging sessions, and you can use the same session as one of your recovery runs, one of your easier runs. So you're both benefiting, but in different ways. If, of course, you cannot align your sessions, my advice is not to worry about it. Needs must, now is the time to just get out there, get yourself feeling better physically, mentally, and keep yourself safe. You know, four weeks, and then we're able to hopefully get back into gyms and start using treadmills, uh, all being well. And number nine is minimum. Maximise your dark running. I say this to Martina a lot, who likes to run in the mornings before work, and I say to her, look, maximise the weekends. Because actually, if you have, you have to be smart with your training programming, so if you are working with a coach, it's definitely worth having a chat with them. But maybe you can run on the Saturday and the Sunday. Now, I know that won't suit everybody, but actually, if you're somebody that's running, let's say, three times a week, and you run on the Saturday and the Sunday. You can choose the time you can run in the daylight. Actually, there's only one other run where you are running in the dark. So a quick recap, nine ways to stay safe in the dark. Number one is increase visibility. Very important. Get a head torch, get an LED, light yourself up like a Christmas tree. Number two is don't be a creature of habits So change your roots, your days, your times, really mix things up. Number three, invest in a panic alarm. That will give you a lot of confidence. Although, hopefully, you will never have to use it. Number four, don't listen to music. Save that for your daylight weekend runs. Number five is run in well-lit areas. Even if it's boring, I don't care. I would much rather you are bored and safe. Number six, share your location with others. Use live trackers or beacons. Use the tech to keep you safe. Number seven is run with confidence. You are less likely to be targeted. Number eight is run with someone else and just try and align your sessions where possible. And last but not least, number nine, minimise your dark running and make the most of the weekend. I hope that helps. Stay in one piece. Let's keep going.
2: Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation.
0: Out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Right now we're speaking to a fellow running coach. He's a top guy. Vince, good to speak to you, my friend.
2: Yeah, good to speak to you guys. You're
0: looking very relaxed. I can see you on the video screen here. You're sat on the bed. You're propped up nicely. I I thought it was quite funny, actually, because a lot of people are obviously out there panic-buying Christmas presents before we go into this mass lockdown. You've just come back from a reflexology session.
2: Correct, yes. So... I try to look after my health mentally and physically and um, sort of generally every two weeks I sort of book in reflexology, a uh, foot massage as well as obviously at the end of it. And even she threw in it, she threw in an Indian head massage at the end of it so I'm feeling really relaxed. Wow! Check
0: this wow. out. You look relaxed. I can't believe it. Everybody panicked buying toilet paper and Vince <laughs> is like, no, I've got to get... I'm, somebody's got to rub my feet. I need a foot massage. I just need a foot massage before Thursday and then I'm a happy guy. Well, look, it's great to talk to you, Vince. I think uh, you and I have got our work cut out, my friend. I certainly have, so I needed to get a fellow running coach on the show today. We know that running is so so important for our mental health, isn't it? I mean, as coaches, people we work with people that have these physical goals, they want to achieve times, but it's just so good for our mental well-being. And, and now we're entering another lockdown. We're, we're going into the winter months difficult
2: time. How are your runners doing that you're looking after? How are they coping this year? I think um, if I look at sort of the previous lockdown and uh, certain athletes in particular, some really, really benefited from the lockdown because uh, it gave them the opportunity to train like a full-time athlete, give them time to do all the the very important bits that I add in the programme. Sometimes they fire back. I never had time to do that. Um, So I think there's a huge, huge opportunity for any athlete who does matter what level to get all them small important parts of the training be it a core session be it a glute session be even meal prepping you know it's a huge opportunity for those guys to uh, take advantage and then the other side of it people who are going to be new to running they're going to think uh, well how am i going to spend this lockdown you know they want an idea they want to run but they'll ask questions well how best is it to run so I think there's a there's huge opportunities that lockdown can present, rather than being a, a negative output.
0: If you look at it almost as a with a, with a kind of glasses half full attitude, where possible, of course, I think it is an opportunity because it's more than just the running. When runners come to you do, you, do you often find that that many of them are talking about the running and they've come to you to help them with their running sessions? And is it down to you to kind of encourage those other things, be it the, the foot massage or the, the
2: the food prep and all that? kind of strength work, the stuff outside the running? Yeah, well, generally, uh, when any athlete gets in touch with me, first and foremost, um, I always have a, like, a sense of a duty of care towards that athlete, so I run through not just what have they done in the past with their training, I sort of look at their general lifestyle, their work commitments, of course, how best we can place a place a programme around that. But then equally, uh, you know, I look at things like their physical health, um, you know, I have an autoimmune disease, I'm on medication daily, and I look at other aspects of people's Lifestyles, not just the running and uh, the physical as well as the mental side of things. And I've got uh, a mixed array of athletes who some are great, some are fine in terms of generally all around, but there's quite a few, uh, you know, as you build that relationship up, they sort of open up that little bit more. And I'm finding uh, that... A lot more benefiting from the actual mental side of things, equally as the physical side of the the program that I put together.
0: What do you think it is about running specifically, Vince, that that is so closely linked to mental well-being? Because it's—I mean, it's—it's it's no secret, is it, that people often talk about exercise is very good for our mental well-being, but it seems to be running in, in particular. I mean, you and I are right in the centre of running, so we're we're really aware of it.
2: But what is it, do you think, about running that just is so awesome for our mental health? It gives you the opportunity, uh, first of all, if you just want to run on your own, you can run on your own. You don't need to be in a group. You don't need to have a, a mix of people around you. Some people don't like that, you know. But also, and equally, it may well be that person who has been stuck indoors, who has been feeling a little bit down and looking for some sort of opportunity to, to go and run with other people, meet other people, and the positivity that other people can bring. Because you find with runners, we are generally a positive bunch. You know, we're all... We're all aiming for to get fitter, to get them times down and really look after ourselves. I just think you find with running, the opportunities that present, be it running on your own, that freedom, or even running with a group to get other people to bounce off as well really helps.
0: And you talk about what you've recently created. What is this? How, how does this set work? I mean, I know obviously things may change now for the next few weeks, given the yeah. lockdown,
2: but what is it you created? Yeah, so um, I recently moved in with my partner during the lockdown period uh, to an area in Tamworth, uh, just outside of Birmingham. And i sort of looked when i'm out running on my own or driving wherever you see a lot of people sort of running on their own naturally uh and then i just thought you know we're coming up towards the winter nights we're coming up to the darker nights the colder nights the the time where sometimes you need that bit of motivation and there's no better motivation than all uh, safe uh, sort of aspect to run than within a group so i decided um to reach out to the community just by one of their local facebook pages just asked you know i was just putting it out there would Anybody be interested if uh, I look towards putting on a, a beginners uh, running club for people who've either never ran or have run in the past but never really got back into it? And during lockdown, uh, a lot of people would. We talk about trying to get fit again. And um, I thought I'd target the audience just at a ladies' group because I found from previous running groups, when it's mixed, uh, so it's pressure, people feel pressure, or sometimes they don't want people sort of watching you know, and observing. So I targeted uh, sort of just ladies only. In beginners and this is now in week six week seven of this group but the amount of people it was oversold I had to put because obviously for numbers with England Athletics we are only allowed certain numbers so I then put on a second class um, I then got a run leader on board and it's taken off really really successfully but at the same time as much as now we enter a lockdown the amount of, the positive thing is these people have had that start they've promised they will maintain it's only four weeks so I think it's a phenomenal how these some of these people have never run before, but they actually love turning up on a Thursday evening, we all meet uh, in a safe place, we all run together safely and it can be monitored very smartly, doesn't matter what level, if someone's quick or somebody's not so quick.
0: It's that pressure again, isn't it? We speak about this a lot with our different guests on the show, Vince, that, that runners can put pressure on themselves to achieve certain things and to look a certain way and to run a certain with a certain technique and a certain pace and achieve times. you kind of, as a coach, and I sense that you're like this, you sort of have to manage that pressure a little bit, don't you? Because, you know, some people just put so much on themselves that they are at risk of not enjoying an activity that we know can give you so much, and it's such a wonderful thing. How important do you think it is now more than ever to manage that pressure based on what we know of this year and going into a, a second lockdown, based on heading into the winter months where the, the nights are getting shorter, the weather's potentially, or the days are getting shorter, the weather's potentially getting worse. How important is that to manage that pressure?
2: Um, if I look at one athlete in particular who i sort of been coaching for the last year and a while, uh, year and a, um, about a year and a half, sorry, um, this person in particular has really, really felt the pressure. Um, more so over the last six months. Um, you know, this athletes improved so much that the pressure they then found that coming even through social media, for example. Uh, the expectation level sort of goes up a lot. Um, and then when you're standing on that line, you know, of the race as such, you've got to be, your mindset, knowing you are in the best shape physically, but also equally mentally, you know, and you can be as fit as you want, but if your mind is sort of, you know, having little doubts, having a little bit of pressure of what's expected to do on this start line, what sort of time you should be running, etc. It's huge, to be honest. So, you know, I've sort of given this athlete just a complete break, you know, a breakaway, because equally, that is important, you know, that you step back, reflect on your achievements, reflect on what you really want from the sport, more so, um, and that you're actually enjoying this sport. You know, this sport, it's got to be enjoyed, right through from the bottom level right to the top level.
0: What what level is this runner? I mean, obviously, I mentioned names. This Mm. this runner that you're talking about, what what sort of level are they? Uh,
2: World-class, basically. Uh, Very world-class. I get when you run at a higher level, expectations can be improved, uh, expected. But at the same time... You still have to remember when you're standing on that start line why you do this sport.
0: We spoke to Alex Nibs recently on the podcast who is the British champion over 400 metres. If you've not listened to that episode, by the way, you can go back and check that out. Really top guy, clearly driven, up for it, got some lofty goals, really ambitious. But he's enjoying what he's doing. And that is just so important at all levels. And something else that I thought was really interesting when speaking to Alex is we were speaking to him off the back, fresh off the back of his 400 metre British title and he was taking some time out. He was in the middle of two weeks just doing absolutely nothing. And I found that fascinating because I think there's so many recreational runners that don't take time to take time out. Do you know what I mean? They just want to keep going, keep pushing. If they do take time out, it's usually because they've been forced to through injury or because their motivation just dropped off. They don't consciously choose and make the decision to have a break and rest their body and their mind. Do you, think for runners of all levels it's important to take that time out and rest
2: absolutely you know if you sort of uh, if you look at the very top of the tree you're such sort of i look at uh, somebody like canova renato canova who looks after a lot of the kenyan athletes uh over in kenya as an italian coach and he works on uh, sort of like 20-week cycles and you know in the in between these cycles twice a year he will give the, these world-class athletes two weeks again a two-week break uh The body does need to settle down. The body needs to recover. And that's how we get better. We need to get that hunger. I get all the things you've said. Most athletes are thinking with that little break, I'm losing a bit of fitness here. My competitors might be training here. Are they getting an edge on me? But it's so, so vitally important to get that rest. And I actually believe for more so mentally, you know, it's so important when you've had such you know training blocks of training blocks and cycle after cycle you must allow at the end of all that the mindset to come right down and switch off and then start to turn on maybe in week 2 and start to think about it a little bit more and come towards the end almost like a greyhound in the traps dying to get out you know and get running and get training and that fitness level up again is vitally important
0: yeah i mean training is physically demanding and physically draining we know that and if somebody's starting out on a new running program one thing they may overlook is just how draining it can be on the mind now it's wonderful for the mind it makes you feel good it's great for mental health we know that but actually when you're really pushing and you're working towards a, a really big important goal working towards an event maybe 10k marathon whatever Actually, it can really take a toll. Do you look for certain things in your runners, your athletes, that you have to be very mindful of? Almost signals, I guess, Vince, whereby you know whether to hold them back a little bit, pull the reins in, or whether to turn the heat up a bit and get them to work that little bit harder, push them. How do you balance that out, and how important is that?
2: I always say the art of coaching is understanding the mindset of an individual because we coach so many individual personas. You know, I look into when I started coaching, and you know, it was ten years ago. Um, this guy, uh, he was a northeast Harrier a guy called Sean Morley, uh, a very good club athlete, and there were certain parts when I I was learning as a coach. Uh, Like, all the the training sessions I've always found is the easy bit. Putting the cycles together is the easy bit because as an athlete myself, former, uh, with a a good group and a very good coach, um, that become natural. What I actually found also come very natural to me as well, which I think I'm a bit blessed with, was having the the persona to... We spoke about it the other day when certain athletes, you need to put that arm around them. Certain athletes, this one in particular, I remember, uh, it was a Saturday morning, freezing cold, uh, February and I was standing waiting in Durham at Maiden Castle for him to turn up for training, and he didn't show. I'm thinking, i am not getting paid for this? I'm stood here, it's half eight, where is he? No answers on the phone. So I drive around his house, and I literally rollic him, rollic him, uh, literally stood there at the top of his stairs, I picture him in his pyjamas, his mum at the bottom saying, you know, he's been whinging on all, all day. But I just give him a choice, either you want to come, or you don't. You either want to be that athlete you spoke about, or you don't fast forward 12 months later you stood on a line in Newcastle Keyside and the gb team with more fire alongside in the same team so hit there are certain people need that backside kicked and then there are the other ones that yes you see you put that arm around them but literally also embedding what is also expected as there are managing a persona I think is the biggest aspect of coaching the easy bit I always find is the actual session building and that's any athlete of any level. Do,
0: do you find that some people uh, at a recreational level need a little bit of a, a kick in the backside to get them out the door? And do you find that they respond well to that? You talk about people where you kind of put your arm around the shoulder. Y- do
2: you have kind of a mixed bag? Yeah, absolutely. So if I look at the, the beginners uh, group as such a set up uh, in my local area, uh, bear in mind, these are literally ladies who maybe run once a week. I have a sort of a, a WhatsApp group and one or two excuses may I fire through, you know, and you know which ones are genuine, you know which ones... So genuine. So I'll reach out, I'll pick the phone up, give them a call. And you know, you can find sometimes that the different types of persona. You can encourage in a more positive way to look say, look, you've made this start. You've wanted to do this. You are the one who turned up. I never knew you. Now you've missed two weeks in a row. Do you really want to be missing the third week? You were running with this lady in particular, you know, Mrs Smith. She's now moving on another level. Do you want to be falling behind another level? So I find you can sort of motivate different types uh, in a different way. Uh, and then there are certain other ones. You just tell straight, I have a neighbour. It's my next-door neighbour. She was thinking of every any excuse. that was like, I can't afford the £3. I went, don't worry about it. I says, you can uh, pay me when you get paid. I don't even need the 3 quid. It's more like, you asked me to get you fit. He said he didn't have the right shoes. He couldn't afford the right shoes. Well, I've provided you with a pair of shoes now. What's your excuse next? And so I was quite dying. I was quite brutal. Now they're every week and now she's running.
1: I love this skill that you have where you're able to... It's like you've got a a bullshit monitor. So you can... (laughs) And I like that. I love that, that you can tell when someone's got a genuine excuse or when they've got... um, uh, an excuse that isn't so genuine. I think that's absolutely brilliant for what for what you do, but thank God you've never been one of my bosses.
2: Let's <laughs> say you can't blagger, blagger. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to play poker tournaments as well, by the way. I, I spent uh, about two years playing in Europe, just small, you know, 50 quid buy ins. I went around to Europe, I had a lot of time on my hands, and um, <laughs> I think it probably comes from my poker. <laughs> You clearly
0: want to keep a close eye on your runners, Vince, and I think that's one of the reasons we got on so well, because I'm exactly the same. I love it. You know, you want to find out exactly where your runners are, what they're doing, where they are in their own headspace, and coach them, and that's what coaching is, isn't it? I did laugh actually, because when I'm often setting up guests for the podcast, I usually send a quick voice message on WhatsApp, and rarely do I get one back. But I actually got one back from you. I thought, this is great. He was full of energy. You know, you were there, yeah, looking forward to coming on the show. We'll speak next week. I thought, I bet he sends these voice
2: messages to his runners as well (laughs) I I find the work the work so well you know most of my sort of athletes are managing on the online side of things most like I hear just a quick voice clip it's a check in Uh, it's letting them know that I'm still here and equally I just find it just much more of a personal Service than a, an email or a text, you know.
0: Yes, I think two thousand and twenty has shown all of us that actually you don't need to be face to face to build strong, meaningful relationships. In fact, I think it was one of our guests on the podcast, an earlier episode, that actually said it shouldn't be called social distancing. It should be called physical distancing because you can still be social. You can still build those relationships. And as a coach, it, it's about that accountability. It's about motivating, of course. But actually, you need to know when to give people a little bit of a, a bit of tough love suppose and some motivation to get out there make them accountable. One thing that works really well for us a training platform that we use Training Training Peaks to coach uh, the runners online. There's a traffic light system. You might be familiar with this Vince it's Ace. So basically, I set them a session. If they do the session as planned, it it flashes green. So it turns green. If they do the session but they've deviated from the plan, so let's say I set them 6 miles for argument's sake, they do 4, it turns amber. And if they completely miss the session, it turns red. Well, this has just been so popular in our WhatsApp group because everybody's getting hung up and panicked about green. I've done this session. It's not turned green. Why isn't it green? They're messaging me going, I did it.
2: I did it. You've got to believe me. I think it's just fine again, but that's motivational. It's a great way you're motivating your athletes, you know, and... um Sometimes, again, similar on the Strava side of things where you know, I've asked the athletes to run a certain way at a certain pace and, for example, a progressive run, uh, we call them obler runs, the onset of the blood lactate acids, we were brought up on them in the northeast, east and um, when people are sort of wondering why that last mile has not been a target pace, well, the Strava police are there, I can see that, can pick it up. Mile one you ran too quick, mile two you ran too slow. Um, so you can actually find now with technology as well that you can actually keep on top of the athletes.
0: Absolutely I think we've got access to so much data now that it really helps us to inform people's training and of course you know it doesn't necessarily matter if the runner or the athlete we're looking after doesn't understand all the numbers and the metrics and the graphs as long as we do we can use that to plot their their path forward in terms of their training development. Of course you know we've got to factor in that some people are not data driven they're not data conscious they're not as bothered. Take Pete for example Pete you've recently started running I say recent that's not true you've been running most of this year, which is awesome. Super proud of you, as you know. And you just want to get your trainers on and get out there. You're not interested in the numbers, are you, and the metrics and the data? No, no. Stay completely
1: away from it. I think the reason is because I sit at work all day long and I'm looking at statistics. I'm looking at screens. I'm looking at, uh, you know, podcast stats or this stat or that stat or the other stats. So uh, when I finish at the end of the day, i just like to completely de-stat and chill out, and then generally I do my runs at the end of a working day just to chill out and to wind down. I, I have been running since the original lockdown, so back in March, but what I find also, and I, I've been told by runners, and I've heard, obviously, I've been producing Running With Jake for a little while now, and what I've learned is that you should at some point feel good about running and have, like, a high and energised. I don't get that. I went for a run yesterday morning. I'll be honest, I was completely shagged all day long for the entire I'm going, when's that When's that high going to happen? That's what I
2: want. Well, it's funny. I've just... Uh, one of the voice clips this morning from Ronnie, the guy I coach who is a snooker guy. He uh, literally loves his voice clips. And this morning's message, I wish we could play it, but there's a few explicits in there. But he was shagged, mm-hmm. let's just say... And there are days as we're just thinking, you know, this is supposed to be great for my mental health. This is supposed to be great to make me feel great. I've come back Mm. and I'm absolutely aching. I was knackered. I found it so hard. (laughs) Where's these endorphins people are talking about? Because I ain't feeling them. And then this morning it was like effing and jeffing and I was just laughing. But it's just them days. We all get them days and you still get the benefit. You've been out. You physically worked. Aerobically, your tank's filled up a bit more. You're getting that a little bit better. You might feel a bit like uh, not so great, but you have a benefit in a couple of days, would be better for it.
1: It's the endorphins that I really like the idea of. I've never experienced that, but what I do experience is being so knackered that I just haven't got the energy to continue to be wound up about something. So it works for me. It does work for me, there's no doubt about Good. it. But I don't think it's working in the way it should
0: work. <laughs> now, you're no stranger, Vince, to the multitude of benefits that running brings with it. And one of the most powerful, important benefits is the impact it has on. On our mental health, the positive impact it can have. And I know you've got a uh, a very moving story about an individual you're currently working with who has used running with your help to turn his life around. And I don't think there's a better example of just how positive an effect running can have on an individual. Th- this is somebody who uh, was on the verge of taking his own life and if it's okay to ask you about this, I'd really love you to share
2: this story. Mm-hmm. So um, when people look uh, at getting themselves a coach and different things, um, I get a lot of emails from sort of all sorts of level of athletes. Um, primary, when I started coaching, I have a buzz from working with people face to face. The online coaching things are all, all quite new to me this year. Uh, and obviously I, it's, I get everybody's moving online. Um, but, I actually received um, a message and then also I'd seen something on somebody's uh, a guy's Facebook page where he's a father and literally he talked about how his son was uh, dragged off the time bridge by a team of people, a specialist team of people, talked him down and... As in talked him down from taking his own life. Wow. He sort of fits in that category of that young male. You know, he's uh, he's in his early 20s. Uh, he's having a lot of problems that's gone on in the last couple of years and it literally took its toll and this guy it wasn't a cry for help it was literally the guy was dragged off there and uh when i'd seen i got in touch with his dad and i'd said look i know you used to run and i know little bits that like your son had began to run in his teens is he still running and his father just basically said well he was and he's just lost his way completely and i just said well look i'm doing a lot of online coaching um i don't want to be uh, any payment for this but do you think it may well help because it's all good and well we there are specialist services and specialist individuals to help deal with them people but then uh, when I asked the questions uh, would he benefit from a training program he absolutely was he said please please anything He was it's his son you know and as a father myself we want the best for our children and so I made a phone call this uh, this young lad and built up a very good rapport very quickly found out that he had already done little bits of running he didn't have a clue on how to run but I speak to this guy now it's sort of it's every other day and fire him a programme across... I give him his weekly as well as monthly because I'll tweak it every week as well because I feel that it's an excuse as well just to have a bit more contact about his training on the content. If And naturally we are tweaking it because his pace is improving. But he just keeps thanking me non-stop and I don't need me thanking <laughs> non-stop but his father also continues to do so. But I just look at this individual and I think with all these people around him and his dad was saying he was struggling to get in sort of like on terms with these people and what they thought was best, but he's found running and running sort of found him as well and he's just thriving off it. He's literally thriving off his training. He's buzzing. He tells me about every step of the way. He might be telling me he met a cow in a field or whatever. He took a photograph. (laughs) But I just love the fact this guy has now found... Something that his mindset is really positive. You know, we're going to give him some uh, time trials. I've got him linked up with a very good athlete in the northeast I used to look after. So it'll help again that he's got some good people to train around and some fantastic surroundings. And he's at Durham University now, starting his first year. And I'm just pleased that while away from his family, he still has something really good to look look forward to.
0: Vince, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show. Keep doing your great work to help as many runners as possible. If you want to follow Vince on Instagram, then it's runcoachvince, or you can check out the website. That's runningonlinecoach.co.uk. I know you're new to all this stuff, Vince, so welcome to the
2: world of online coaching. To be honest, I'm really enjoying it. I can honestly say my first thoughts were, for me, it's face-to-face. But I'm actually really warming to the side of, how many characters I'm now having around me and speaking to these different type of characters and how each and every one loves their running in a different way. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and
0: follow us on social media. Riddle me this. It is time to answer another one of your questions in hashtag Ask Jake. Steve has sent me a message. He has just got himself a fancy new running watch and he wants to know what the auto pause feature is all about and whether or not he should turn it on or off. Man, I feel really strongly about this. We should turn auto pause off. So obviously, auto pause as it sounds, if you stop when you are out there running or if you drop below a certain speed that's usually set to kind of like a a real slow walking speed then the watch will automatically pause now while that may sound like a good feature I think it does a couple of things. It falsifies the information, first of all, because actually if you come back from a run and you're looking at your data, how far you've ran, you know, the distance and the time, the duration, well, actually the fact that you've paused it doesn't give you accurate readings because you did pause a watch and you did potentially stop. So I think that's the first reason. The second reason is when you do have auto-pause on, I think what you're doing is tapping into your subconscious and telling yourself that pace really matters and it can potentially put you under a lot more pressure i can't stop when i get to traffic lights i've got to jog on the spot to keep warm and keep the legs moving and all that stuff is nonsense and i really believe that so i would turn off auto pause it puts you directly in control as well if you are doing a session that is perhaps really important where you do need to stop and pause then you can just hit pause yourself so i think that's something that's really important to bear in mind so i would definitely turn auto pause off i hope that helps steve Good luck setting up the watch. Let me know how you get on. If you've got a question, it's hashtag Ask Jake, or you can drop us an email, podcast at runningwithjake.com. It's time for us to power down the studio. I hope you have had a great time listening to the show, wherever you may be. Remember, no matter what your goal is with running, whether you're looking to lose weight, increase your fitness, have more energy, whether you're doing it for your mental health, we all have our goals and our reasons, and we are going to keep you focused and keep you on track. This is the Running With Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Have a great week. See you very soon. Oh, and one more thing. Life the love you live. Love the life. No, love. Live the life you live. Live the life. Live the love you life. No, love. Love love the life you live live the life you love jeez